Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Foul Play Crime Series and the final episode in our series on the beautiful cigar girl, Mary Rogers. In our previous episode, we discussed the death of Mary Cecilia Rogers, famously known as the Beautiful Cigar Girl, in 1841. In this episode, we will delve deeper into the investigation of her death, the various theories surrounding it, and the haunting legacy of her story. Mary Rogers was a complex and enigmatic figure whose story was shrouded in mystery and contradictions. Everyone knew her as the quiet but determined young woman working to keep her family afloat. But as investigations into her life went deeper, new information was uncovered that made the city of New York doubt its favorite cigar girl. Some recalled Mary as being seductive and using her reputation as the beautiful cigar girl to make more money and get ahead. This duality in her character created a sense of intrigue and uncertainty as people struggled to reconcile these conflicting images of her. Furthermore, Mary's story was also a reflection of the anxieties and fears of society at the time. She was a working-class girl who was single, sexually available, and independent, and this raised middle-class fears about the dangers of city life. Her story thus became a cautionary tale about the perils of modern society, and her duality as both victim and danger only added to the intrigue and mystery surrounding her. To truly understand the enigma that was Mary Rogers, one must delve into her last few hours on Earth. It was during these final moments that the mysterious circumstances surrounding her death began to take shape, and the true nature of her character began to reveal itself. Two men who had observed Mary as she left the ferry boat described her as beautiful, but their observations took on a more sinister tone when they reported that she was in the company of a dark-complected young gentleman. This encounter raises disturbing questions about Mary's final moments and the true nature of her relationship with this mysterious stranger. Further unsettling details emerge from the account of Miss Frederica Loss, who reported seeing Mary at her tavern about an hour later, still in the company of the same young man. The last time that Loss saw Mary Rogers was when she left the tavern, arm in arm with a dark-complected gentleman walking towards the hill. 
What transpired after this point remains a mystery. An eyewitness account of her final moments was published in the local paper. It read, The rain came on and Mary took shelter in a small house or tavern near the roadside. Here also a parcel of the roadies came, drank, and were very insolent. Mary and companion, detained by the rain, did not leave the house till near or after dark, when they descended the hill. And when near the foot of it, another shower came on. It is believed that they then took shelter under some bushes in the side of the hill, between two roads. And there it is also believed both were murdered, and the poor girl violated. Miss Loss says... She heard what she calls a frightful screaming, as of a young girl in great distress, partially choked and calling for assistance. As soon as she called out, there was a noise of struggling and a stifled, suffering scream, then all still. The discovery of Mary Rogers' body was a chilling and macabre affair that shocked the city of New York. Henry Mullen and James M. Bullard stumbled upon her waterlogged corpse while out for a walk, and the news of her discovery spread like wildfire. Newspapers across the city eagerly reported on the gruesome details of her death, painting a picture of a terrifying scene. According to Mullen, the body was perfectly free, without any rope cord or other attachment. There were no rings, breast pins, or jewelry on her person, adding to the eerie and unsettling nature of the discovery. The coroner, Richard Cook, provided dramatic details about the state of Mary's body, making the story of her death seem like some sort of melodrama. The initial examination of Mary's body revealed bruising around her throat, suggesting she had been strangled. Her clothes were disheveled, and her parasol and bonnet lay abandoned on the riverbank, hinting at the possibility of a struggle. There were no definite signs of sexual assault, so the motive behind the crime remained as murky as the waters she was found in. The police pursued every lead, however tenuous. They questioned a cast of characters that seemed to have stepped straight from the pages of a gothic novel, each with their own secrets to hide. Among the questioned were Mary's fiancé, Daniel Payne, a man with a checkered past and a penchant for drink, and her employer, John Anderson whose attentions toward the beautiful cigar girl often crossed a line. As the investigation meandered through the gaslit streets of New York City, the police faced a barrage of dead ends and false leads. Speculation ran rampant, with theories ranging from gang violence to botched abortions, and even the involvement of a secret lover. Each new revelation seemed only to deepen the mystery. The newspapers, of course, 
were thrilled to sensationalize the story, eagerly publishing every gory detail that emerged from the investigation. The New York Herald, in particular, relished in printing the most disturbing and unsettling accounts of the discovery, leading readers chilled and horrified at the thought of what could have happened to Mary Rogers. Quote, The face was so fused with dark blood, bruised blood. There was frothy blood still issuing from the mouth. Her face was swollen. There was a mark about the size of a shape of a man's thumb on the right side of her neck near the jugular vein. About two or three marks on the left side resembling the shape of a man's finger, which led me to believe that she had been throttled and partially choked by a man's hand. It appeared as if the wrists had been tied together, and as if she had raised her hands to try to tear something off her mouth and neck, which was choking and strangling her. The hands had been tied, probably while the body was violated, and untied before she was thrown into the water. The dress was very torn. The outer dress was torn. A long slip, say a foot wide, was torn up from the bottom of the frock to the waist. The dress immediately beneath the frock and between the upper petticoat had a piece torn clean of this garment, about a foot or 18 inches in width. This piece was torn very evenly and with great care, commencing at the bottom of the garment This same piece was afterwards tied around her mouth, also with a hard knot around the neck. I think to smother her cries, this would have strangled her. The investigation was rife with ineptitude and corruption at every turn. The authorities of the time lacked the forensic tools and investigative techniques that we take for granted today, and their inability to solve the case was not entirely unexpected. But it wasn't just the lack of resources that hampered their investigation. The city's law enforcement system was riddled with corruption, and many of the officers tasked with investigating Mary's death pursued angles to kill their own curiosity, not furthering the case with anything helpful. They spent more time obsessing over Mary's personal life and relationships than they did on the actual circumstances surrounding her death. Furthermore, potential witnesses were hesitant to come forward, perhaps fearing retribution or distrustful of the police's motivations. Despite a comprehensive search of the area where her body was found, no definite evidence emerged that could shed light on the mystery surrounding her death. Despite these shortcomings, there was still some useful information uncovered about Mary's life that allowed some speculation about her death. In our ongoing journey dissecting real-life mysteries, I've found a perfect companion in a game that not only captivates but also lets me step into the shoes of a detective in the glamorous 1920s, June's Journey. As someone who's delved deep into the game, Playing through the intriguing scenarios of June Parker, I can personally vouch for its immersive experience. 
In June's journey, you unravel the mystery of June Parker's sister's murder. Each scene is a visual and intellectual puzzle, with hidden clues scattered across beautifully crafted locations. What I've enjoyed most is the depths of the storyline. Each chapter peels back a layer of this thrilling narrative, revealing danger, mystery, and romance. Besides the allure of solving mysteries, the game lets you design and customize your own luxurious estate island. Building my estate has been a delightful escape, offering a creative break from the intense narratives we tackle on the podcast. For those of you who enjoy the blend of history, mystery, and narrative depth we explore on this podcast, June's Journey offers a chance to live out those elements in a beautifully interactive setting. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. And join me in this ongoing quest to uncover hidden truths and solve complex mysteries. Looking for a new way to unwind after a long day? Say hello to Recess Mood, a healthier alternative that keeps your evenings light and your spirit high. With Recess Mood, you get the pleasure without the guilt. Made with real fruit and infused with mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing aptogens, Recess Mood lets you relax without alcohol or hangovers. It's just 20 calories per can, has no added sugar, and comes in four delightful flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. I've tried these myself, and whether I'm chilling at home or need a moment during downtime chaos, Recess Mood is my go-to refreshment. It's truly a guilt-free way to unwind. And now there's something special for all our listeners. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash Shane and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. July 26th, 1841. With the grisly discovery fresh in the minds of the city's residents, the police began their inquiry by questioning those closest to Mary. Her fiancé, Daniel Payne, was among the first to be interrogated. Despite his troubled past and penchant for alcohol, no concrete evidence could be found to implicate him in the crime. July 27, 1841 As the investigation continued, the police turned their attention to John Anderson, Mary's employer at the tobacco shop. Rumors swirled about the nature of their relationship, with whispers of Anderson's infatuation with a beautiful cigar girl. 
it only made sense that the employer, enraged by Mary's constant rejection, reached a breaking point and ended her life. Ultimately, there was no real proof of this claim, and many argued that she was too good for business to let go of. In late July of 1841, over the following weeks, the police questioned numerous witnesses and associates of Mary Rogers. Among them was Frederica Loss. This was one theory that gained significant attention when it first came out. It seemed Mary had been the victim of British-born abortionist Madame Rostell. Rumors swirled that Mary had sought Rostell's services to terminate a pregnancy. But the operation had gone terribly wrong, leading to her gruesome and violent death. Frederica Loss suggested that the man Mary was with was her lover, and Mary's death was the result of this failed abortion attempt. Loss even claimed to have seen Mary in the company of an unidentified man the day before her death, adding another layer of mystery to the case. Despite these statements, though, the police did not believe Loss and dismissed her story entirely. Abortions in those times were illegal and often carried out in unsanitary conditions by untrained practitioners. Women who sought abortions were forced to do so in secret, and the consequences of getting caught could be dire. Besides, it just didn't seem possible for this terribly shy and naive young girl to indulge in such an activity. August 15, 1841 In an unexpected turn of events, Rodrika Loss revealed a new piece of information. She believed her own son had played a role in Mary's death. According to Loss, her son and friends had been involved in that botched abortion attempt, leading to Mary's demise. And again, the police were unable to substantiate her claims and therefore dismissed her and her story. At this time, the angle the police preferred to pursue was that she was the victim of gang violence, caught up in the web of deceit and danger that ultimately led to her demise. The focus on solving the mystery was derailed when Samuel Colt murdered Samuel Adams on September 17, 1841, sending shockwaves through the city and capturing the attention of the press and the public. For a while, nobody cared much about the cigar girl until there was a development. October 7, 1841 Just as the investigation seemed to be at a standstill, tragedy struck again. Daniel Payne was found dead of an apparent suicide. Beside his body lay a note alluding to his inability to bear the pain of Mary's loss. The police considered the possibility of Payne's guilt, but ultimately this too was a dead end. The exact date when the investigation into Mary Rogers' murder was officially closed remains uncertain. As far as anyone knows, the case simply lost momentum in the years following her death. 
as leads dried up and the police faced mounting pressure to focus on more pressing matters. This was New York in the 40s, after all, and there was no lack of crimes and unsolved cases in the city that never sleeps. As the years wore on, the authorities were forced to allocate their resources to more recent and solvable crimes, leaving cold cases like Mary's to languish in the annals of history. Though sporadic attempts were made to revive the investigation over the years, each new lead seemed to lead nowhere. But the mystery continues to intrigue and fascinate us to this day. Was she the victim of gang violence, an illegal abortion gone wrong, or something even more sinister? Did one of her many suitors finally snap and end her life when he could no longer hear her rejection? The truth may never be fully known. But as is the case with any art, even the most fantastical, it finds its root in real life. The tale of Mary Rogers' death caught the attention of one of the most enigmatic and chilling authors of all time, Edgar Allan Poe. Poe was known for his love of the macabre and the mysterious, and Mary Rogers' death was the perfect subject matter for his twisted imagination. In his fictionalized version of the case, The Mystery of Marie Rogette, Poe introduces the astute detective C. Auguste Dupin, who delves deep into the shadowy underbelly of society to uncover the truth behind Mary's death. Using his razor-sharp reasoning and eerie deduction, Dupin unravels the enigma surrounding Mary's demise, revealing a web of deceit and darkness that was lurking just beneath the surface. But what is most chilling about Poe's tale is the fact that it is not entirely fiction. In Poe's fictionalized tale, the victim is named Marie Rogette, and she is found dead in the Seine River in Paris, France, instead of the Hudson River in New York, where Mary Rogers' body was discovered. This departure from the actual events of the case adds an eerie and unsettling element to Poe's story as it adds a sense of uncertainty in the reader's mind. But that's about where the differences end. Both women met their tragic fates in the embrace of a watery grave. Mary in the Hudson River and Marie in the Seine. As the public clamored for answers, the investigation into their deaths unraveled in chilling synchronicity with each new revelation casting shadows of doubt and suspicion. With every twist and turn, the line between post-fiction and Mary's reality seemed to grow ever more tenuous. The mystery of Mary Rogers' death inspired many more books, but the actual crime remained unsolved. It's one of those tales that seem exciting only as long as things are sensationalized, often because the truth is either too ugly to face or too boring for a superficial audience. As always, 
thank you for listening. I'll be back next week for our next mystery series. I'll see you then. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.